Hey, my name is Parker Middleton, and welcome to Starting to See, a podcast where we open up and explore our beliefs, experiences, and influences. This show is about delving deeper and fostering curiosity, all while in the safety of like-minded seekers. Here, we're unafraid to ask why, and we don't shame those who do. Through both solo episodes and conscious conversations with insightful guests, I'm inviting you and myself to start to see that there is still so much to learn. Together, we'll embark on an exploration of our individual and collective histories, feeling along the edges of what we've been told, what we know, and where they intertwine. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. So excited to be bringing another episode this week. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about ayahuasca and my experience in Peru uh, taking sort of ayahuasca, uh, which might sound a little weird, but I'm going to get into that here in a second. So uh, thanks so much for joining. So first, I wanted to kind of bring us through uh, what ayahuasca is, um, why I decided to do it, and why I'm going to hopefully do it again here soon. So for the past couple of years, I've heard a lot about ayahuasca. Um, and for a quick little uh, Wikipedia description of it, they say South- ayahuasca is a South American psychoactive and uh, entheogenic brewed drink traditionally used both socially and as a ceremonial or shamanic spiritual medicine among the indigenous peoples of the Amazon basin. Um, the infusion causes altered states of consciousness, also often known as psychedelic experiences, which include visual hallucinations and altered perceptions of reality. So that's a very, I guess, Western way of looking at it. I guess another way to look at ayahuasca is just another way to connect with that which is outside of ourselves and all already within ourselves. Um, And it's a method to connect uh, and to explore. Um, This, the the Wikipedia way of putting it is so medical, um, but I've always or for the past couple of years, I've been really interested in learning uh, more about ayahuasca and, and eventually taking it. Um, and I had the opportunity this uh, past May where uh, I was already going to South America on a trip and I was invited to go um, and, and take ayahuasca. So the place I ended up going to was a uh, place called Etnicas and it's spelled E-T-N-I-K-A-S. Uh, you can find their website at etnicas.com, uh, which is great. <laughs> uh, they just recently updated their their website and it's so beautiful and it just really gives the spirit of what it's like to be there. Um, so let me back up a little bit more. Um, you know, ayahuasca has been popularized in, I guess, American media because a lot of celebrities have uh, taken it, uh, like Will Smith, Miley Cyrus. Um, I know it was on the Goop uh, series on Netflix, I believe. Uh, so many places. But I guess really want to emphasize that this has been around for a very, very long time uh, and was used originally by indigenous people in South America. And so whenever I was researching going here, uh, I knew it had such a long history with the indigenous tribes there. I knew there was a certain amount of respect that needed to be held. I knew there was a lot of talk, for example, around peyote and how it's so scarce uh, in the Southern US that um, people were really calling on, if you're not native, then don't take peyote because it's so scarce and it's so sacred to the people that have been using it for a long time that we don't need, or they don't need outsiders partaking and trying to take this scarce resource just for a fun trip. Um, however, with ayahuasca, from what I've read and researched that it's, it doesn't have that same type of scarcity. And because it's, it's more often found, it's like a mixture of a, uh, of tree bark and uh, and roots from uh, certain types of trees 
found in the Amazon and other surrounding regions. It's better than taking uh, peyote, for example. So I felt better uh, with my conscience about taking ayahuasca as well. And so, yeah, whenever I went there, I was thinking, okay, the physical aspect, the ethical aspect, um, and then as well, there's the spiritual aspect of what am I going to see? <laughs> what it, What's going to happen? Uh, what if I take this and I'm suddenly like, mm, I don't want to do like my regular work anymore. I'm just going to like become a monk in the Himalayas and, and just forego everything. You know, I was kind of afraid of having that type of experience, uh, but I didn't actually. So I don't get into that. But uh, then as well, there's also, you know, I know with psychedelics, they talk a lot about set and setting and set and setting was a term popularized by Timothy Leary um, talking about when you do a psychedelic uh, drug or, or partake in that, you need to really make sure you're taking care of your mindset, which is the set. And then as well, the physical or social environment, which is the setting in which the user has the experience. So the place that I was invited to go to, Etnica's retreat, uh, was so incredible because whenever we applied, they uh, kicked back a response um, saying, hey, you know, um, we've got your, your application, we're reviewing it. And then later on, they touched base and they said, yeah, you need um, a physical exam. And then as well, when you get here, you'll have a psychological exam and then as well, like a spiritual exam. And so that was really nice for me because I thought, okay, cool. This is pretty serious. Um, they mentioned they had you know a doctor on set, a psychologist on set, um, some nurses as well. Uh, and then as well, there's actual shamans, uh, not just some random white person from the U.S., uh, facilitating this. It's actually somebody who is deeply ingrained in this age-old process and exploration. Uh, so I felt great. It felt like, okay, physically I'm so taken care of, mentally I'm taken care of, and then as well spiritually I'm taken care of. So then I did the physical exam in the U.S. And then when I finally arrived in, in Peru, there were the other two aspects, the, the psychological exam and the spiritual exam. So whenever I found Etnicas, what I really loved about them was that they really kept the sacredness of ayahuasca alive. This is being run by uh, two major tribes, one from the Amazon called the Shipibo tribe, uh, and then as well, uh, a local tribe um, that has Inca, uh, an Inca background from the Quero tribe. Uh, so you have the Amazon rainforest, you have the Peru Andes Mountains uh, mixed together. They have their own kind of methodologies or thoughts or cosmology behind ayahuasca itself, um, but they really mesh it beautifully so that they can keep the indigenous spirit uh, ingrained and right at the center uh, and having you know that you are coming into their space and to Pachamama space, which is they, uh, as they describe as Mother Earth, literally means world mother. So really keeping that in the center of it all. And so what they had was, what we had was a three-day retreat um, available to us. Um, it was led by the Shipibo tribe and the Ikero tribe. Uh, and then as well on staff, they had... Um, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a doctor, a nurse. Um, they had access to a cardiologist as well. Uh, and then the two uh, shamans. So it felt really safe. Um, it had been around for like 40 years. Uh, they had like, uh, as of this, I see they've had over 7,200 uh, guests come to the center. They've received certificates of excellence uh, from multiple advisors. And then as well, it's located in the Sacred Valley of Peru, which if you've never been there, just Google it. It's so amazing. I spent two weeks there uh, in, in the Sacred Valley, and uh, it was quite a magical place. Uh, whenever I do tubing magnetic work, they talk a lot about, you know, go to um, a safe space um, or safe place in your mind. Or you can create it or it can be real. 
that's one of the places that I go to because it was so tranquil and the energy there is just so different and, and awesome. So it's also in a really great physical location. If you look at the, the website, um, you can see that it's in three, it's in a valley, um, like a really small valley. The, uh, the actual setup, there's on one side is the, um, the housing. Uh, so the split of the men versus the women. Um, you have your own cots. Um, it's usually like three to a room. And then they have huge windows in the room. It's so beautiful overlooking the valley. And then they have on the other side of the valley, they have uh, the cafeteria and then they have the the sharing space where you, it's also like everything's like super open and bright and like huge windows. And there's the sharing space is where you go every day afterwards. Uh, so before and after where you go and share your experiences and um, come together and really discuss. Um, and it's also a lot of place for education. And then at there at the end is the, the Maloka, which is the actual meeting space where you uh, partake in, in ayahuasca. It's kind of like a circle within a circle, if you can imagine. Um, in the main center is an enclosed area. Um, it kind of reminds me of, a, of like a temple. Um, and so the innermost part is the most sacred and you only go in there when it's time to go in there, you don't go in there to like play or look around. Um, and on the outside is the outer circle, which is where like the, the entryway is, um, like a medical area um, for like exams and stuff. And then bathrooms, you know, areas to lounge around um, in case you need it and things like that. Uh, so the place was amazing, had so many great accommodations. It was so beautiful. And I really felt like it would be really protected uh, and not me just running off into, into the jungle. So we went, uh, we did a three-day ayahuasca retreat. Um, oh, let me forget, I forgot. In, in the valley, there are tons of waterways. I mean, because you're at the bottom of a mountain, basically, but you're still really high up. The, the elevation is so high. Uh, so you get worn out really easily, but walking around doing all these steps up and down. But um, at the... At the bottom of the valley, there's also so many walkways to, um, it's like steps, like plateaus, almost kind of like uh, like rice paddies uh, etched into a mountain. And so on each step is several areas to sit or relax. There's private areas to go and sit next to like waterways and creeks and uh, meditate. And they really give you so many opportunities to have so many private experiences in a public place or, you know, cause there's probably at least 10 to 20 other people there with you, uh, taking part in this ceremony um, as well. There's like workers and, and staff. Uh, so there's quite a lot of people all around. I'd say maybe 40 people, uh, around at all times, but you're still able to get such, so much privacy, which is amazing. Um, so really encourage you to look at the website. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, so yeah, the day finally came. Uh, we were there for a three-day retreat. And so when you first come in, you meet everyone. Um, it's kind of quiet because everybody's thinking like, you know, should I be like quiet here? Because I know it's like a sacred time. We're all coming coming here for our own reasons, for exploration. And there are people from all over the world. Uh, and so you come in and um, we had actually had like private, uh, like a private driver to take us to the retreater itself because we were not coming in from Cusco, but most people fly into Cusco and then they take a bus um, that's from the retreat center 
uh, for like an hour and get to the, the retreat center. And we all get a, a tour of the place. Uh, we see that we then end up uh, at the the final place, which is uh, kind of like a meeting ground or like a sharing space. Uh, so there's all these beautiful couches, a huge window, and you can see the major mountainscape right behind the window. Uh, and so kind of like I said earlier, there's like three mountains, one on each side that create the valley and then one in the front that is kind of like the big daddy basically. Um, and I don't remember the name of the mountainscape, but they refer to it as kind of like the counterpart to Pachamama. So, but it's not Pachapapa. It has a different name uh, that I, I can't remember at the moment, but um, it's kind of like the masculine presence. Um, and so we ask, so we're, we go to the meeting space. We're able to look at this big mountain. We ask for uh, permission to be in this space because we are there admitting that we're not from here. Uh, this is not our region and that we ask for, for permission to to be there and inhabit the space and then meet Pachamama uh, later on. So that, that was beautiful. We talked a lot about education on the drug itself, its history with indigenous people, kind of the history uh, of the the cosmology of the, of the people there and the shamans. We were introduced to the shamans um, and we all talked about our experience uh, so far, what led us here. And a lot of people were there of all ages. And so it was great hearing from the older crowd talking about their motivation for taking ayahuasca, what they're hoping to get out of it, what they're experiencing, um, if they've ever had experiences with psychedelics in the past. And what shocked me was that all of the older, almost all of the older participants had actually never done any psychedelic in the past. And ayahuasca was going to be their first time. And I thought to myself, holy crap, like that's a quite a big jump because you don't know if you've never had a psychedelic experience or never microdosed or never had any type of feeling of what that feels like. And then you're going to jump in head first and dive into the, the deep end. That's pretty scary for me, at least to think about, but they were brave uh, and, and they did it. And um, so it was really beautiful hearing the older perspective. Uh, and then I, as well, I, I, really understood the younger perspective. That was kind of the reason why I was there as well, to explore, um, get some certain answers and some clarity. Uh, and so then we started out, um, we had, then we broke into individual uh, meetings where we met with the psychologist and talked about um, any types of traumas that we might've had, things for them to be aware of, um, any types of triggers that might can come up uh, for us, just so they have a greater context of like, if you're going through something um, that they can understand what, what's going on uh, in case you reference something and aren't able to fully articulate uh, during the trip. Uh, and then as well, talked about, um, went into greater detail if we didn't feel comfortable in the, the broader group setting of our motivation. Um, and then they would let us know if they felt like we were uh, fine taking part in the, the ceremony from a psychological point of view. And then as well, um, we met with the nurse. She looked us over. She reviewed our medical history. Uh, she reviewed the doctor's note that we had uh, from our doctors back home and then uh, did some some checkups. I was given a, an okay to, to go ahead, um, but I was starting to have some anxiety, uh, not because I didn't feel safe. I already have a little bit of a elevated blood pressure. I'm here at a higher elevation, which I know can increase your blood pressure more. I just had my blood pressure taken. It was fine. Uh, it, it was passable. I mean, it was like 35 points below uh they cut you off at like 160 um 160 over 80 i think if you're up with that you're done uh you can't do anything um so i was like like 135 over 80 or 140 over 80 one of those um 
which is fine. Um, and I and I was thinking, okay, I can take this. Um, but I just was so afraid that something was going to mess up, and we were in the process of um, creating embryos at this at this point in time. And I thought, oh my god, if I have a fucking stroke, while him and my babies don't have like another dad, you know, to take care of them, and I just put all this on Bryce to be their parent, I'm gonna fucking freak out. <laughs> um, and just it was a lot, you know, like it's very sacred. You know, you're there for a purpose. It's not playing around. Um, it's serious. And so I thought, oh my God. And then I thought back, I was like, wait a minute, what was something that we learned earlier in the, the education piece was that the shamans had shared that historically, not every tribe had allowed their own people to take ayahuasca. Only the shamans sometimes would take ayahuasca. And then when they, the shamans take it, they sing a lot and it's really beautiful and it's not the same every time. And they call that Icaros. And this Icaros is a type of medicine um, that they give. And so in those tribes historically that did not allow for um, just regular people to take uh, ayahuasca, they would sing Icaros to their tribe. And that's how people would receive what they would call the medicine, which is ayahuasca. And I thought it was super beautiful because I thought, okay, so I have come all this way. I've done all the checks. I've paid the money. I'm here. Um, I'm, I'm in it, you know? And it's like, do I take it or do I not take it? Uh, even though I've been, I know I'm physically fine and I've been checked and I have assurance in these people, these professionals, um, I decided not to take it and that I would just receive the Icaros instead, which everyone receives anyway. Um and so, yeah, when we got there, um, I kind of felt a little bad about it, but then I, you know, thought, you know what, I'd rather be safer mentally um, than sorry um, if I was having this type of um, anxiety. And then also kind of going back to the the theory of set and setting, um, I knew my setting was great. I knew I'd be taken care of uh, if anything bad were to happen uh, in terms of having a bad trip. But in terms of set, like mindset, I knew I wasn't in a good place. So I, I had I did not partake physically in the ayahuasca ceremony. Uh, I was there, uh, but I didn't ingest it actually. And so, but that didn't actually mean that I didn't take ayahuasca in the way that the shamans thought of it. They knew I wasn't ingesting it, but they were still giving me ikaros or the medicine that way, which was super beautiful and. It allowed me not to have any shame around getting that far and I guess in my mind choking. Um, but there was no shame around it from them and they were super understanding. And so we, we went into the Maloka and uh, which is, which was that um, the innermost temple uh, space there. We started with the Munai meditation, which was led by an amazing woman from Brazil who um, actually was a participant a couple years ago. And then she had a realization that she didn't need to be doing what she was doing uh, in Brazil and she needed to teach yoga. Uh, and so she had moved to Peru to Secret Valley to teach yoga. And um, she led a Munai meditation, which is a uh, unconditional loving kindness uh, meditation. And that was really part of the cosmology and the, I guess the ethos of the, the Inca, the Andean, uh, Point of view for taking ayahuasca is everything is love and the most powerful um, force is love and so if we're going to help our we know we're in a good setting 
how do we help our mindset going into taking ayahuasca? Um, let's start off with a Munai meditation. So we had an amazing first hour where we all sat on our beds, which were actually super comfortable. They have these mattresses on the floor uh, that circle the Maloka. And there were, I think, about 11 of us participants and then two shamans uh, and then the medical staff and then the regular staff there. And we started with the love meditation. <laughs> I started crying because that's just me. And I feel like I always cry um, about so many things. And I feel like it makes me feel a lot better once I do instead of just holding things in. And um, it was a beautiful time where I was able to they like have you look people across, uh, like you can pair up at the beginning and look at each other and stare. And like, um, we did these, I forgot even what it was. It was like, I am you and you are me type of uh, conversations where we had to like repeat what the, the instructor was saying. And gosh, I really wish I could remember what it was, but it was like, I am you and you are me you're going to die like me. You are going to love like me. You are going to have anger like me. And it was always like like me, like me. And um, having people come together, you don't even maybe know who the person is, but you're staring at them and giving them love and having this, you're, I guess, affirming the fact that we're both humans in this human experience together our souls chose this path and we're here together to explore and almost like this we're humans together and it was really beautiful uh, i'm like wanting to cry right now uh, anyway so it was an amazing start um and then we, we we backed up and then went back on our, our our cots our mattresses um they were like these super thick like 12 inch 15 inch foam uh mattresses on the floor uh with like big blankets and because uh, I mean, so in May in Peru, it's the other part of the world. Uh, it's actually it was fall at that time, so it was getting pretty cold at night, uh, and in the valley, so the sun goes away pretty fast. And so we went, stepped back, and the shaman uh, started. He turned out the lights, and there was a bunch of offerings in the beginning or the middle of the room, and um, Palo Santo and other um, materials, uh, natural materials in the middle candles and crystals so he starts this flame and it starts burning you can tell it's palo santo and it smells really amazing and it's all kind of funneling up to the top and when you look at the top of the maloka which this place is it's made of like stone on the outside and then like a thatched roof at the top and then at the very top at i guess the pinnacle is a glass opening uh to or window to the sky and it almost felt like an eye uh that when you looked up to it and it was looking at the sky at the night sky so you could still see the stars and then eventually the fire died down and uh he comes by the shaman and at one each one of us he gives us um things to put in our hands to cleanse our hands to cleanse our body and uh, to really prepare ourselves and then he comes over again and is doing blessings on us. And I believe it's Quechua. And then after that, uh, it's time for us to relax and sit back. Uh, we lean up against the wall on our, on our mattresses and just kind of wait. And then we are then passed, everyone has passed uh, a shot glass that has uh, certain measurements of ayahuasca in it. Ayahuasca brews are different each time, uh, but the shaman's 
do certain mixtures for different reasons. And then because of the psychology exams that we've had in the beginning, we know how much each person needs to receive. And so even though they're all in shot glasses, some were full, some were not full. Um, and the staff helped pass it out to the right people. Uh, and then at that moment, they let us know that we could drink. Um, I, since I wasn't partaking in the actual ingestion of it, I um, didn't uh, partake. It kind of reminded me of in Catholicism, when you don't feel like you're ready to take the Eucharist, you still line up, uh, you just cross your arms, and the priest will then just give you a blessing, um, and then you can go on your way. Uh, it kind of felt like the same thing. Um, so I felt like I was still, you know, mentally there, you know, and, and, and ready to, uh, to, to be there present. Um, but everybody else decided they were going to actually take and ingest the ayahuasca. And then it began. Um, so you, you sit there and uh, it's dark. There's just a, you know, a little bit of a fire smoldering in the middle. And it's very quiet. And then suddenly music starts. It's kind of funny. It's like you don't even really realize when it's happening. But then suddenly there's, you know, guitars and singing and uh, vocalizations. And it's all coming out. And that's when I realized, I'm like, this is the Ikaros. Uh, the shamans also take ayahuasca at the same time. And you have a bucket next to you uh, in case you need to purge for vomiting, not for pooping. I've had people ask that. And uh, there is toilet paper there, but I think that's more of to clean up your mouth. Um, if you do poop, have to poop, usually people have enough time to like, you know, calmly walk to the bathroom outside and, and, and do that. So within like 30 minutes to an hour after taking it, um, people usually purge and that kind of sets it off um, and people start uh, going on their trip. Um, but it's not loud. It's um, with the music that they're playing um, and the singing and the checking in, you're in the darkness and you don't feel alone though, but you do feel private. You feel like you have time to be with yourself and I was practicing, they teach you the, the loving kindness uh, meditation to continue on with. And they teach you not to fight whatever comes up. And so I really try to keep that in mind, even though I wasn't having a psychedelic experience, I was receiving ikaros and I was having the time to, to receive whatever I needed to receive. Uh, and it was really beautiful. And um, then I, I woke up several times. It was funny. I, it's like, these shamans were about 35, 40 um, years old, but at the same time, it felt like they were my grandparents. Um, it felt like like a very old, it was such an old practice, you could feel it so safe that I felt like they were taking care of me and that it was okay if I fell asleep. And then when I would wake up, um, I would sit back up in, in the bed or, or, or roll over and uh, focus on that loving kindness meditation and just kind of think um, sometimes I also tried to practice some of Tubing Magnetic's uh, DI, so I didn't have my phone with me, but I'm pretty familiar with it, so I know sometimes how they can start off the meditation uh, to get you into the right state. So yeah, so that was it started at like 6 p.m. We had the Moon Eye meditation, and then it ended at 7. Then the actual uh, shamanic ceremony started at 7, and then it goes until about midnight. Um, and even though like there were people, we were all sitting in this big, big room. It was huge. Um, and people were throwing up um, or maybe you hear someone crying a little or laughing. Um, it was 
special and it didn't feel weird or scary. It felt very special, very sacred. Like I said, like if you've ever been in a temple or a church that felt good to you, that's what it felt like. Um, and I loved like when somebody was having a bad trip, um, the shamans would come over to their bed and pray with them and help them and sing to them directly. And oftentimes it would work that it, like, it would help them pass through whatever they were ha ha having at that moment. And not everybody had a bad trip. Most of the people had um, really profound experiences uh, and they were you know, going back to the thought of like, don't fight whatever comes, let come what come uh, or what, let come what comes. For example, like if you have, let's say you have a really big fear of snakes. Um, sometimes people see snakes <laughs> come up and it's like crawling up on their body, but they're not freaking out because it's kind of like, because they're having that psychedelic experience, it's allowing their brain to form new pathways and find alternate routes uh, to experience some type of stimulus. Very medical way of putting it, I guess. Uh, but that, that, that was it. Um, and so a lot of people had such profound experiences that night, that first night. So we, when we woke up, so we don't sleep there. So you're there until about midnight. And then when you feel like it's over for you and you're ready, you can go to the medical staff and they'll check you out. And uh, you do a medical exam and then you they walk you to bed. Um, because after all, we're like in this valley on, the, on a mountainside uh, with steps. Uh, and so even though you're fine, you just went through like a pretty intense experience. And so they walk you back to your room. So that was great. Um, and so the next morning we walked um, into, we had breakfast and then uh, we walked into the meeting room, which is that beautiful place with all the couches and the big, if you look at the, the website, the big beautiful window in front of um, the, the big mountain. And we all talked about our experiences, if we wanted to share, see if there was any types of clarity. And then after that, the psychologist would translate what you've said to the shaman and the shaman would then give their feedback uh, based on what they experienced with you last night and how they witnessed you and um, incorporate that into the second night's ayahuasca ceremony. So seeing if you needed to take it again, um, if so, if you needed a higher dose or a lower dose. And it was really special. A lot of people had such profound experiences and were getting what they came there for. And I loved how everybody was so respectful and listened and were crying and just like, it was like a community, like the day prior, you didn't even know these people. And it might've been a kind of like a little awkward because no, nobody's really talking. And then suddenly we're all opening up and having done drugs together uh, in the hands of these beautiful shamanic people who are there as your, as your shepherds almost, they're, they're taking care of you and you're opening up to them and, and explaining. And even though you're not speaking the same of you know, language, you're able to have that person who is the go-between to help you have that conversation so that you can facilitate the, the next night uh, in, a, in a better way. So it was beautiful. I honestly loved it. Um, and then to make things lighter, um, after that, that meeting, we, and after, you know, some people didn't have a really great trip um, and they didn't want to take it again. Um, and then some people had it, didn't have a good trip and they just wanted a lighter dose. So in order to kind of help balance the people who have like amazing experiences, loved it. They're like, Pachamama was awesome. And then people were like, I literally thought I was dying. You know, um, 
to kind of balance that out, you have an activity that you do a volunteering activity on the second day. And we went to a local elementary school. Sometimes you can also go to um, a dog shelter. So we went to a local elementary school and uh, played with the children there. A lot of the proceeds that um, we give to the retreat, a portion of those go to local uh, resources in the community. And so when we went to the elementary school to help uh, and then play with the children, uh, it was a lot of fun. And we got to see the impact that Etnicas had made on their actual community and that all of your dollars are not going just to running the, the retreat itself, which is amazing and beautiful, but also to the outside community and that they're giving back. Um, and you can see the difference that they've made uh, and, and the things that they've added, um, for example, to that elementary school. So that was beautiful. And then getting just to socialize with the kids and they're so pure and fun. And, um, and so for, I think it's really helpful for people that had a bad experience, um, not with Etnicas, but with the ayahuasca itself, the previous night, it brings us so much levity, levity to the conversation um, leading into the second night and reconfirming, do I want to take it again? Have I had enough? Or yeah, I might've had a bad experience, but I just want a lower dose. Or actually, I think I can take it because I can feel like something will change or shift and I, I need that shift. And so uh, it was beautiful. It was a, the way they set it up is so honestly perfect. Uh, when we did um, our reviews at the end, it was like, honestly, 10 out of 10, I would love to do this again. Everything was great. The, actually, the only thing that I put in the review was that I wanted their website to be a little bit more up to date and their um, communication via email before you get started. Uh, and so as of this this podcast, when I look at the website, it's way up to date. It looks amazing. There's so much information. Um, and so I'm like, wow, they, they really take in that feedback that they're given. Um, and it's a really special place. Uh, so I really hope next time when I go um, that I will feel comfortable in my physical body to take it um, because it was such... I know a lot of people got a lot of great learnings out of it, and I did too. Um, for me, I got a lot of clarity of what I wanted uh, going forward um, as a future spouse, a future husband, as a future husband, a future dad, um, in career, those types of things. Uh, so it was amazing. Um, and then the second night, um, we did the same thing over again, um, cried in the Munai meditation again, because that's just me. And uh, I just really received so much love. It was the highlight, one of the highlights of my trip to South America um, that time in May. And Etnicas just really has it going on. Um, I feel like they are, for what you get um, for those three days, it's quite affordable um, if you're thinking in the all-inclusiveness of the, of the trip uh, there. And then as well, like let's say you have a lot more time um, there are five-day retreats and seven-day retreats. And I believe on the seven-day retreat, you go to Machu Picchu. So pretty awesome. Uh, that's a little bit of ways away. And so they kind of bake into that time uh, the ability for you to go and see more of Peru. And in terms of timing, I feel like I went in the right time. I mean, May, we went end of May of 2023. And that's right at the end of fall for them um, in South America. And so I thought the weather was beautiful. It's like warm during the day. Uh, you can wear shorts and a t-shirt. Um, and then at night, it feels 
pool and you just want to bundle up and like be by a fire. Uh, the food was incredible. You're, you don't actually eat too, too much there because you're going to be throwing up. And so they don't want to like stuff you full if you're just going to throw it up all later. So, um, but the food that they do give you and that you do have access to is so well cooked. It's so delicious. Um, and I just felt like there's so much love there. Uh, so if you were thinking about going to take ayahuasca in a way that is responsible, ethical, and physically safe, I highly recommend going to Etnikas. Uh, it's spelled E-T-N-I-K-A-S uh, dot com. They are quite amazing. And if you end up going, let them know that Parker sent you. Um, and I'd love for to reconnect with them here soon. Uh, so yeah, that's it for, for me today. Thank you so much for joining. If you've made it this far, um, let me know what you think. I would be interested to hear some feedback on these podcasts. Uh, and I just really appreciate you listening to me coming on here and, and speaking and telling my stories and having a voice. Uh, it's really, really exciting. And I love sharing on here. So thank you so much again. And I will see you next week.